When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Get ready now. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Susie Schuster. So what do you think is going on with Raider Nation now? We got the wrong guy at the helm. Josh McDaniels is not a good football coach. Earlier on the show, Fox Sports College Football Insider Bruce Feldman. Coming up, CBS Sports NFL analyst Amy Trask. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Susie Schuster. That's right, hour three underway of the Rich Eisen Show. Thrilled to be here with you. Very caffeinated after a sleepless (laughs) night. Susie Schuster with you while Rich is in New York. Amy Trask is with me. My compadre, my right hand woman my partner in life for what the football download it wherever you get your podcast listen to it on the rich eisen show youtube page wherever you want to find it find it because we're, we're gaining traction here people chris brockman mike del tufo hey, hey. tj jefferson great to be with you all Hi, it's TJ. been a, it's hey. been a really good couple hours so far and if you missed any of it go back and watch it we repeat on roku which is the greatest thing, because half the time that I'm tuning Rich out in the morning, I'll, I'll be doing other things. I'll go back and watch it again. So watch it there. Cumulus Podcast, wherever you find your radio and podcast in 844-204-RICH. Call in, because I'm, it's a feisty Wednesday. When I'm a little salty like Salty Tua, I'm willing to spill the beans. And also, Amy Trask is here. You can ask her questions. She's here, people. You can also tune in and ask about um, pasta. Because it's International Pasta Day, and we take that very seriously here on The Rich Eisen Show, Amy. You know, I almost responded to the poll that was tweeted out, um, but I thought, do I really want to bring all this hell upon myself? Because I don't love pasta. I don't hate it. I'm not a pasta hater. I've just never been a pasta guy. Look at your faces. My gosh. Wow. Um, So Rich did a poll about, the Rich Eisen Show did a poll about, you know, do you like this kind of pasta or that kind of pasta? And I wanted a block that said none of the above. Yeah, Chris is the one who did it. I I mean. I threw it up. Yeah. I just don't love What's your favorite pasta pasta dish? Um, By pasta, do you mean ice cream? (laughs) (laughs) Well, not in this particular case. Lasagna ravioli, which I spelled wrong in a hurry. Aziti and bolognese. Lasagna, 39%. Wow. Wow. Bolognese, 25%. 20% ziti. Only 16% ravioli, Mike. So you're telling me when you go to Toscana with Al Michaels. No, 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 no. Do not mention a restaurant unless they That's are right. paying, unless us, paying for us for advertising. I forgot. I'm sorry. That I is my rule. That. If you're not paying the Rich Eisen show for advertising, we're not mentioning your name. Well so done, you can say Amy. when I go to the certain <laughs> restaurant. restaurant on San Vicente with one Al Michaels. 
who has never eaten a green vegetable in his life. You won't order pasta. I order the vegetables. It's a good combination. He has the pasta. I have the vegetables. <laughs> and, you know, it makes me crazy. Linda orders the cacio and pepe without the pepe. And I say that's basically macaroni and cheese. I know what like, that yeah, <laughs> You're welcome. Amy, <laughs> uh, we're gaining traction here uh, at What the Football. We are a growing podcast. We really appreciate every one of you who's listening to it and taking it in because we have so much fun working with each other and bringing what I think is important, which is Amy's behind-the-scenes information, out to you. We had Warren Sapp on. Oh, wait. How do I do one of those little hearts? That's very Giselle bunch. Of, Am like, I doing that right? Look, Is that right? Yeah. For all of you listening. Thank you. Listening, for everyone listening and watching. Thank you. We love you. Heart sign thing, right? And um, we had Warren Sapp on, who, as you know, is Warren likes to... He likes to uh, work with a paucity of words, to put it. Like, I mean, he, Warren comes in through the front door hot. <laughs> so this is what he had to say on What the Football about Josh McDaniel. So what do you think is going on with Raider Nation now? We got the wrong guy at the helm. We're trying to implement something that is dead. The Patriot way is dead. Bill Belichick even knows it. The Patriot way is dead, and Josh McDaniel is trying to recreate something that he doesn't have the credentials for. He doesn't, he, he's not Bill Belichick. We watched him do this in Denver when he drafted Tim Tebow and ran the Broncos into the ground. He's going to do the same thing in Oakland. When I mean, what did Maya Angelou say? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Josh McDaniels is not a good football coach. That reminds me of the old, they are They are who we thought they were going to be. Isn't that Denny Green? Oh, that, that oh the old yeah, Denny Green, yeah, baby. Right. Yep, yep. What, we going to crown them? <laughs> yeah, crown there, huh? They <laughs> are who we thought they'd be, yep. right? Yep. The best part, of course, about that interview is, is Warren stopping for a second to take a big swig of beer <laughs> and then finish his thought process. But Amy, I mean, what did you think when he said that? Okay, well, a couple things. Number one, people have jumped all over Warren for many reasons, but one of which was he said Oakland, not Las Vegas. I still say Oakland at times. Mm -hmm. It happens. Um, you know, to many people, they still say Oakland because, you know, I, some people say of the Chargers, San Diego. So let's just be calm about that. Number two, I absolutely love that he worked into some very strong, very direct comments. Amaya Angelo quote, with a Denny Green quote. I mean, how often do you get my answer? punch. I mean, how often do you get those together? Look, Warren didn't mince words, as Warren never does, and those are his strongly held views, as they are the views of many others. And the question I always ask is, okay, and do what? If your view is that the Raiders should terminate the head coach, a lot goes into term a lot of thought, a lot of um decisions are involved with respect to terminating a coach when there's time remaining on a contract. And you've got to go through all of those issues and decide how you're going to proceed and decide and do what. Do you have someone internally that you can elevate immediately if you do let a head coach go? If you have time remaining on the coach's contract and there's a lot of money associated with that, are you willing to eat that unpaid, unearned money? All of these business factors go into a decision. Amy, what was it about Warren that attracted Al Davis so much? A couple things in that regard, Susie. Um, and by the way, if Rich Eisen is listening to this or at some point, I just want you to know I'm getting really comfortable in this chair. I love like, you in this chair. I may never leave this chair. You may just come in every day and I may just be in this chair. <laughs> um, Al loved men who were passionate about the game. He loved players who loved football, didn't simply play football, but had a passion for the game. And look, 
I'll be very direct about this, Susie, as I always am with you and as I always am when we're discussing such things. Warren and Al didn't always get along with one another. Warren did not always agree with Al. Al did not always agree with Warren, but they got along because they both cared about the game and they cared about the league. And the biggest misconception about Al is that you couldn't disagree with him. And when I say they didn't get along, Al disagreed with Warren at times. Warren disagreed with Al at times. But they worked together well. And that, as I said, is the biggest misconception about Al that you couldn't disagree with him. Because if that were true, I'd have been fired about two weeks into my job. He, I sincerely doubt that. Amy no, no, Trask, no, it could have happened. If he would not have tolerated disagreement, I'd have been gone. Oh, that's right. Because you were willing to say to him, you're wrong two weeks in. Yep. Amy Trask here on The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Why do you think Al was so drawn to mercurial players? I just think that's Al. Um, look, one of the reasons I, you know, maybe the primary reason I became a Raider fan because of these things about Al. I grew up a football fan, but didn't really have a team until I went up to school at Berkeley. And the Raiders were at the time, literally, not just figuratively, down the road. And I fell in love with everything about the team for the reason you just noted. Al cared about your passion and could you play the game? And were you going to play with passion? And he didn't care. And here's the crux of it for me. He didn't care if you were labeled a behavior problem. I was labeled a behavior problem in kindergarten. So that really resonated with me. He didn't care if other teams didn't want you. He didn't care if you were labeled a behavior problem. He didn't care if you were a behavior problem. Remember when you would watch games? And you'd see the visiting team roll up to the stadium and they'd get off the bus and they'd have ties and business coats and little briefcases. And then you'd see the Raiders pull up to the game and everyone would just roll out like they'd wearing what they wore the night before. He didn't care. He cared about your passion. He cared about who you were. And he didn't care if you were a behavior problem. And he gave this behavior problem a chance. A lot more about this. Uh, if you listen to What the Football, we talk about conversations like this. We have a lot of in-depth with Amy and you. Actually, yesterday on Tuesday when we taped What the Football, you pulled back the curtain a bit on the trade deadline. And you can listen to What the Football, hear more about it. But Amy, in a nutshell, walk me through the actual deadline. Now we are six days to go. The deadline, of course, being Halloween at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Is it a hard and set deadline? It is very, very hard. Um, and in fact, you have got to have every I dotted and T crossed on the documentation you submit to the league by the deadline or the trade won't go through. And by the way, Suze, thought I was pretty clever when I said Halloween and the NFL isn't trick or treat, it's trick or trade. Yeah, that was very cute. No, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, so I'm going to keep repeating it. You See? like that, Chris? You like that? I like it. Trick or, Trick or trade. trade. And, and look, you know, we talked on the podcast about this. I won't go into it in depth. You can listen to it on What the Football, if you wish. But there's been a lot of debate in the league over decades. That debate was going on while I was behind those closed doors of owners' meetings as to whether or not the trade deadline should be pushed out. And there are owners who feel very strongly that it should and some who feel very strongly that it shouldn't. And as you noted, we discussed that at length on What the Football yesterday. All right. So there are some guys that are worth, you know, the pack of raisins, right? Like you, you get the trick-or-treating and you sit at the raisins. end and you sort it out. gives out and raisins? Some, somebody gives out raisins every year. And you're like, why are you doing this? Chocolate covered ones? And it's not even the good ones. But it's, it's when you get those like jumbo size, like you're like psyched, right? The big <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups, the giant size Snicker bars. 
Who's out there on the block you think that's worth the jumbo size candies? Ugh. You know, the answer to that is where do you have a hole on your team? Mm-hmm. Because the jumbo size candy goes for if you believe that you are a contender, contender. If you, did I do that with a Boston? Nice. A contender. Yeah. I did it poorly. Contender. Okay. A contender. There's always an, an H at the end. Oh, contender. contender. Okay. Uh, if you believe you really have a chance to go the distance and you are missing a piece, you're going to pay for that piece and you're going to give the jumbo candy. And you may overpay for the piece if you believe that's your one missing piece. And by the way, that's one of the objections owners that don't want the trade deadline pushed object. They don't want dumps at the end of the season and they don't want a buying frenzy for that one little piece. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, gosh. Oh, everything. And I'm not going to name them by names because they don't pay us for advertising. But I will say I like anything that I like things that have things in them, like bits and chips and nuggets and swirls and things like that. I I don't want raisins. I like a certain one that comes with caramel and peanuts. Chris, what do you like? When you go steal Cage's candy, which you will do, what will you steal? And by the way. Amy and I are open for business, so if you want like a little shout out on what the football, you want a sponsorship, two women talking football, candy, go. We know the goat. goat. Twix, Kit Kats, Snickers. Mikey? Come on, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, so special. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The mini guys or the big cups? No, just the big, the regular Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. The regular two-pack? That's the goat. It's the goat. But see, the thing about eating the minis of any of these is then you get variety. I yeah. like variety. Oh, I don't want yeah. one candy. I want about 600. Oh, and you know what? I don't like the gummy candies. I don't like gummy bears or chewy candies mm. or jelly beans. My mother loved jelly beans. I've just never been a jelly bean girl. Oh, my yeah, God. Rich is such a jelly bean eater. I once kids. got him 10 pounds of jelly beans as a gift. And how long oh. did they last? Not long. And he's he's what we call a secret eater. So every so often, like if I go into his car to grab something, there's like stashes of like candy wrappers. TJ, what's your favorite candy from Halloween? Let's see. Baby Ruth, Twix, Reese's. So we're a chocolate-loving group here. Yeah, big time. But not for me, not solid chocolate. Like, I don't want a solid chocolate bar. I want something with it, whether peanut butter or mint or caramel. I want something with it. TJ, do you go for the little, individually wrapped peanut butter cup, or do you want the big one? No, if it's Halloween, you're usually working with the minis, right? That's what most people are giving out, and that's what you're selling. So, yeah. Because then you, feel, you don't feel so bad when you have, like, four, like, little exactly. um, musketeers <laughs> exactly. that are that big. Yeah. You know. As relates to Rich and the candy wrappers mm. in his car. As his lawyer, you're going to say No, I'm just going to say hold my beer because there are sprinkles all over my car. And then sometimes I'll have, like, an ice cream sundae in my husband's car. We'll be driving somewhere, and I'll be eating with sprinkles. And he has a nice car. And he'll just call me into the garage, and he'll laugh, and he'll point. There's sprinkles caught in the seat edge. There's sprinkles on the carpet. It happens. I mean, the fact that Amy eats as much ice cream as she eats and looks like that, you are my idol, I have to say. Well, because I'm not eating... Pasta. I can't even believe you don't like pasta. I love I don't pasta hate so it. much. I just, I mean, if you were to give me a choice right now, salad or pasta, it's not even close. I'm doing salad. <clears throat> that, that's a tough one, actually. I'm, I'm not going to lie. 
We could we could go into a whole different food conversation off of this. Um, before I let you go, Aim, what games are of interest to you this weekend? What when you go cheat on me with CBS? <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, you know, you want to see how teams that did not fare well bounce back. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite game. Do you have one? I'm curious about the Niners. Very good point. Thoughts, Chris? I mean, like, I am really, because Rich loves Brock Purdy so much. He does. He's his, uh, your fourth son. He is. He is. Brock Eisen. And <laughs> and, and, and because I... If he was Brock Brockman, he'd be Brock Brockman. Oh. That'd wow. be cute. Have you heard of that before? That. I like it. You know, it's interesting that you raise the 49ers, because I think that raises such a fascinating point about the league. You know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, everyone's on. 49ers are going to be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. And then two seconds later, they're losing that game that we just saw them lose. And it's just, it's ephemeral. It's very ephemeral. That's why I never, ever make bold predictions or predictions, period. Because I feel like, you know, it's like you're one injury away from everything getting blown out. You are absolutely right. And I remember, um, you, you know, you're just right. You're right. You're one injury away. And I remember at the very, very beginning of my career, we had a bad injury. And I was in Al's office having him sign some documents. And I just was moaning and groaning about the injury. And he said to me, no one cares. And what he meant when he said no one cares wasn't that no one cared about the man or cared about the injury. Of course, we cared. His point was fans don't care. People covering the team, they just want you to win. Fan, you know, yes, you have a horrible injury. And yes, it should be factored in when the games are analyzed. And yes, it should be factored in when fans have expectations. But his point was, just win, baby. Mm -hmm. You got to find a way to win. One more segment with Amy Trask. When we come back, oh, we'll boy. talk about Jim Irsay and start branch cut with the great Amy Trask. That's all ahead right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. 
improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is a letter okay. written in March of 1998 to Colts owner Jim Ursay, who at the time, a month away in the draft, the decision between you and Peyton Manning. Right. It's from Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> oh! Dear G James. Dear James. Dear James, in response to your addled request for a quick $30 million loan to secure the services of the Manning kid, I have to say no at this time. But the Leaf Boy is another matter. He looks strong and Manning doesn't, or at least not strong enough to handle that welcome to the NFL business for two years without a world-class offensive line. How are you fixed at left OT for the next few years, James? Think about it. You don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. <laughs> okay, let me know if you need some money for Leaf. I expect to be very rich when this Depp movie comes out. Your faithful consultant, Hunter, and it's signed HST, the absurdity of the fact that a hunter s thompson knew who i was and b that he was he was trying to persuade mr ursay to draft me instead was just comical and tw not to see it for 20 years how does it it just it's just nowhere to be found nowhere to be found right i called john walsh of espn it's a thousand percent real wow and hunter s thompson was a huge nfl fan and obviously had an opinion on, on the 1998 draft. This well, I think now that we know that a lot of people had an opinion on the 1998 <laughs> NFL draft. This and is amazing. Isn't that I love that line, is that you don't want a China doll back there when that freak sap comes crashing in. <laughs> the irony of all this, this to Warren. right, the That's irony true. of this, he would go on and play, start the most consecutive games of anybody, <laughs> and I would be injured going into year two and miss the entire oh, season. God. So we're just... Just reminding people. Strong, of, underlined. Yeah, strong. strong. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. And Amy Trask with me here, my compadre on What the Football. Thrilled to have her with us for another segment. And we were just listening in the Roku-only segment to Ryan Leaf with Rich back in 2018 in reference to a Hunter S. Thompson letter in which he tried to convince Jim Mercy to draft him, and he referenced uh, Warren Sapp. But you had a comment coming off of that. Uh, yeah, listening to that, watching that, um, I have such tremendous admiration and respect for Ryan and I have shared with him innumerable times because I've turned into my mom and I repeat myself as Susie knows. I rooted against him when we were in the same division and I root for him now in every way possible. I will root and cheer for him forever. He is a shining example to many. Yeah, I root for him unless he tries to push into the desk when I'm trying to host and then Ooh. I'm like, it's on. Well, you talk about pushing into the desk. Rich, I am very, very comfortable in this chair. <laughs> Susie and me, we got this. So if you want to like go to a spa or anything for a few weeks, we're good. Or Germany. Or Germany. There's that, too. There's that, too. Uh, Jim Irsay in the news, of course, putting up a tweet as referring to his quarterback. 
Anthony Richardson saying that his surgery today in L.A. was a success. I mean, does that mean Dr. Elitraj probably, right? And uh, you'd have to you'd have to ask. So, Amy, at the end, he, ref- he then says the NFL admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls at the end of Sunday's Colts-Browns game. I believe we need to institute instant replay for all calls, including penalties, in the last two minutes of all games. Boy, Thoughts, when I, Amy? Oh, well, when I saw that, Ooh. my eyes popped open because it is well understood you're not supposed to tell when you get that information from the league. Look, every week after every game, every team sends to the league. Uh, I thought that was a B. Oh, my gosh. I thought we were being invaded by, like, what were those, like, <laughs> no, murder wasps? Um, every, every team sends to the league. And it should be every team because there should be calls every team doesn't like. But certainly most every team sends to the league video of things they didn't like during the game. Things they thought were wrong. Either calls that went against them that they thought were wrong calls or calls that weren't made against the other team that they thought should be made. Field position issues. Anything that happened on the field of play, you can send to the league for discussion. And then the league contacts you the next day you go through it they tell you where they think they were wrong where they think they were right but the understanding is you are not supposed to share this publicly how often do you think if al was around he would air his grievances publicly to the yeah, no he, you know here's the funny thing about al, al was, davis twitter come on can you now imagine oh, how well, good that would okay be? I, I, if i've sto- if i've shared this story oh. stop me but um we were having sitting around a business we were around the conference table in his office at one point and this is uh just sort of when this thing was starting to come out and, you know, he didn't tweet, he didn't post, but he sure was aware of it. And he told me I could twit something. <laughs> I mean, by the way, what, 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 do we, what do we call it now, Chris? Do you, do you, Twitter. It's still Twitter, right? X is lame. X. Actually, I don't know if it was that he told me to twit something or he told me to post something. Lame. or I don't know what he told me to do, but it was social media. And he told me I could just go do that. Um, But no, he never would have shared this stuff. Look, we were well aware that if we did something that broke a rule, they were going to come for us. You know, other teams could get away with a little bit of that. -uh. Never. He He was the one always telling me, you know. Keep quiet. Never, ever the Raiders. Chris, start bench cut with Amy. Yeah. Before we get to start bench cut, though, some Browns news. Okay. Uh, a lot going on with Sean Watson. You saw him start last week, take a hit. Concussion protocol cleared, but didn't go back into the game. Well, he is actually out. Kevin Stefanski said Deshaun is out this week. It's going to be P.J. Walker in Seattle against the Seahawks. Here's what the coach had to say about that. P.J. is going to start this week. Uh, Deshaun's going to focus on his rehab. Uh, I just feel like with what happened in the game, landing on his shoulder, uh, there's residual swelling that's affecting his throwing. I think it's the best thing uh, for him to – uh, rest this week and focus on the rehab. And, you know, as I've told you guys, I will always uh, make what I think are the best decisions for our football team, for Deshaun, uh, and I feel like this is the best decision uh, for this week. Aim. I'm going to try to say this nicely, but anytime a coach um, reverts to the best decision for our football team, well, of course that's what you should do. You're the head coach. Why wouldn't you make the what you believe to be the best decision for your football team and the player? So, you know, a lot of that is just um, coach speak. But obviously there's an issue going on there, and they've got to worry about his, about his well-being for the short term and the long term. Chris, what do you think? 
I think it's start bench cut time. Let's go. Start. Start bench. Just sit down and be quiet. Or cut. Get up. All right, Amy. Refresher on the rules yeah, for you I need here. That. It's like F, marry, and kill, okay? I'm going to give you three options, and you're going to start one. That's the one you like the most. You're going to bench one. That's eh, pretty good, but it's not as good as the first one. And then you're going to cut one, just kind of like, eh, whatever, see you later. What is the marry, kill thing? <laughs> F, marry, and kill? You never played that game? I've never even heard of it. Oh, goodness. We can talk after the show. <laughs> okay. Let me make this really clear. <laughs> one, two, and three. Choices. We'll fill you in on the X-rated stuff after. Oh, oh, is that what that means? <laughs> like, like, Sorry, like, kids. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Brad Pitt, and Henry Cavill. Ooh. And what am I supposed to do with that? F, marry, or kill. That's a good one. I'd like to plead the fifth. All right, let's go. <laughs> Football-related topics. All right, here we go. Mike, NFL Films music? What do we got? Uh, low? Just keep it oh nice Mikey. and low underneath there. Nice and low. Okay. Oh, okay, here we the go. coach on, currently on the hottest seat. Which coach is on the hottest seat right now? Start, bench, cut. Brandon Staley, Josh McDaniels, Matt Eberflus. Uh, Your Honor, may I have a co- uh, clarification? Is sure. this my opinion your you're opinion. asking? Amy, so you're, this is your opinion. Yes, just your we opinion. Want to know Amy what you Trask. Think. Give me him again. Brandon Staley. San Diego, San Diego Chargers? No, Los Angeles Chargers. Josh McDaniels. Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. Matt Eberflus. Coach on the hottest seat right now. The Bears. Brandon uh, Staley. Well, he's you gotta do start, bench, cut. You gotta do the game. I, I don't get it. Like okay, so, so it'd be like So first position is who you think is on the hottest seat. That's your start. Okay. Brandon Staley, start. Okay. Now who's in the second position in this? That that's your bench. Josh McDaniels, bench. And your cut is Matt Eberflus. Really? Ooh. Any explanation? can you and then you gotta explain why oh, you Oh, okay. See, I'm a little slow on learning these How things. Can you not tell her in advance you're gonna do this? Okay, so um, Look at the talent on <laughs> look at the talent on the Chargers roster. Look at that quarterback. I think the best coaches best position their players to be the best, and I think they need someone there to best position Justin Herbert to be the best. That's why I'd start with him. Yeah. Great. That was great. Great analysis. This is what I'm looking for. This right, is ready? why Here we go. she's here. She's awesome. Except she doesn't get the rules of the Next game, up. but that's okay. I don't really play start, by the rules. Bench cut. First position, second position, third position. And third is third is the least likely. Cut is kind of your least likely. Okay. okay. Best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs. Okay, so I have to say the best one is... The start. Tyreek Hill, start. Hands down. Hands down, as Cliff Branch said to me regularly, speed kills. Bench... Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Love it. Cut AJ Brown. And really, if I could, I'd bend the rules and I'd make them both a tie because I feel strongly about them both. But you're making me play by the rules, which I don't like to do. Sure, understood. Ever. Um, so that's how I would do it. I like it. There you yeah. go. There you go. Look, I told you this is play not by, her first rodeo, rules. even play though her rules. first start bench cut. AJ Brown is balling though right now. All right, start bench cut. Your Super Bowl favorite. Right now, the Super Bowl favorite, Chiefs, Eagles, and although they've lost two in a row, the 49ers. Well, I'm going to go Chiefs as my start because, to use my legal education background, you know, they're in that position. They have precedent, as we would say in the Mm. law. They're just coming off the Super Bowl win. So I'm going Chiefs start. And I would say now bench 49ers, cut Eagles. Oh, 49ers ahead of the Eagles. 
That's kind of sexy. Explain. What's your thought process? I know this. there have been a stumble. They were strong a few weeks ago. They stumbled a bit. I just like the talent on that roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have just phenomenal talent on offense and defense. And I, I think, to me, they're just more exciting and, and have more possibility right now than the Eagles. And, yeah, I know I'll hear from y'all when I'm wrong. I like it. I like it. Give me another. I got two more. Oh, okay. Yeah. So get ready. All right. Quarterback you trust most with the game on the line. Three minutes to go. Down six. Need a touchdown drive. Who do you trust most right here? Dak, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. I want to play this game. This is fun. Start, Justin Herbert. Bench, Josh Allen. Cut, Dak Prescott. Go And again, if I could give a tie. No ties. Explain (laughs) all of these. Um, you know, our producer on CBS Sports Network doesn't let me do push either. You know, when it's it's um, you can't do push. Why not? I mean, there's a reason for that. Um, I'm a Justin Herbert fan. That's why I went start with Justin Herbert. I think he's just phenomenal. And I think he needs a coach who's going to, as I said, best position him to be his best. I do think highly of Josh Allen. I do think highly of Dak Prescott. I don't think of either of them in Justin Herbert's league. Wow. Wow. Even though, look, I think, I mean, we all like Herbert, but the the numbers are kind of, he's like two games under 500 for his career. Uh, QB, not a, you know, wins, not a QB stat, but the, that is the number. Chargers are under 500 with him as a starter. But but you just said it. The Q, You know, but wins and losses when aren't. Is he, when is he going to start, a, you know, taking a, a appropriate level of the blame for, for kind of what's going on? He has been missing some throws the last couple of weeks. He is dealing with broken finger on his non-throwing hand shouldn't really affect accuracy. So when is he going to start taking a little bit more? Or is it just all being pushed to Brandon Staley because he's kind of an easy scapegoat? Not to all to Brandon. That's a very fair point on your part. I do believe the finger has more of an impact than others do. When we saw them perform, um, boy, which game was it that we saw them? It was a night game. Um, I thought that finger was having more of an impact. And I get it. It's not on his throwing hand. I just believe the finger injury is more of an impact than others think. And it's quarterback, you know, wins are not a quarter, wins, losses, not a quarterback stat. The other issue is surrounding cast. That team has been more injured Mm -hmm. over the last several years than 12 other teams combined. So no, I don't dump it all on Brandon. You're absolutely right to make that point. I just, think highly of Justin and I think best positioned with a, a good team around him where the players are all healthy. There's a lot of talent on that team. They're just injured a lot. TJ, are your feelings hurt that she benched Jack? No. What do you think? Uh, again, this is just a personal preference there. I kind of agree with Brockman though. Like it seems as, and I've been on this thing all year, right? We pound on Dak when he does something wrong. We give everyone else a sort of a pass and go, oh, well, they didn't have this or they didn't have that. So, you know, I'm not used – I'm used to people, and even though Amy wasn't clowning on Dak, but I'm used to people, like, there's a Dak disrespect out there. And it just is what it is. And And TJ, you – The only way he can overcome all this is to just keep winning football games. Mm -hmm. Other than – besides that, he's still not going to get the respect, even though, you know, what has Herbert done to make everyone think that he's this elite quarterback? And TJ, you're absolutely right. He does take a lot more heat than a lot of players. Um, And Mike McCarthy made that very point recently. And 
that's perhaps because the Cowboys are in the spotlight more than other teams. There's more attention paid the Cowboys. And that's why I rank Dak and Josh Allen the same. I think highly of those. If I were starting a team right now, if someone gave me a team as a present and said pick a quarterback, but it has to be one of those three, I'd be thrilled with any of the three. Well, they're all elite quarterbacks, as one would say. Okay, Chris, last one. More? Last one. Jim Mercy kind of getting the ball rolling on penal- on things that need change, maybe possibly in the NFL. How about start bench cut, the rule that most needs changed? The brotherly shove, the fumble through the end zone, or penalties being reviewable? Fumble through the end zone, fumble through the end zone, fumble through the end zone. And I am so passionate about that. I don't even want to bench or cut the other two, but I will, you know, bench penalties reviewable, the cut brotherly shove. I don't even care about those. Fumble through the end zone, fumble through the end zone, fumble through the end zone. I'm not saying the ball shouldn't be turned over to the other team, but on the 20, I think that's nutty, and I am passionate about that. Nutty. Passionate. Give it to him on the one. Give it to him. So defense gets the ball, but on the one. Right. I'm not saying the defense shouldn't get the ball. Okay. But they shouldn't get it on the 20. I think that's crazy. Oh, interesting. That's a different take. I haven't heard that. Yeah, no, I think give him the ball, but give it to him on the one. See, Chris, if you would listen to what the football We've gone uh, over that this. you can download on any podcast place, Cumulus What Have or You. Or watch on the Rich or Eisen on, YouTube cha- channel. <laughs> right. She's exactly right. You might know this. Right. So maybe you ought that. to subscribe. I'm just saying. I need to subscribe. Yeah, maybe you should on, subscribe. Amy, you're phenomenal as always. Thank you for coming in. And we will see you again in two weeks when I sit in for Rich again for a couple days. You're, you're going to let Germany. him have his desk back? Probably not. Uh, that said, I will see you on Tuesday for What the Football, and I'm so excited. So find what, where the football, what the football, wherever you can find it. WTF, find what the football. Ames, thank for Thanks coming for on. having me. After this break, TJ is going to enlighten us with his basketball knowledge, and it's going to be a great segment. He's been working on it for weeks. Let's go, TJ. Let's go. TJ always enlightens me. <laughs> Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
When was the first time you met Jordan? When was the first time you met him, shook his hand, covered him, or something like that? Yeah, the first time I met him was at that Midsummer Night's Dream game out there in L.A. Mm-hmm. And we just had, there were all, you know, that was, a, that was a time where guys would play in these all-star games during the summer, and it was a real game. You know, it wasn't like they were out there like Globetrotters or something. They actually really were playing with egos involved. So that was the first time I had met him then, and we just sort of met after the game, talked and exchanged phone numbers, and so the rest in terms of how our, our relationship developed, it developed from that. Well, I mean, if there's one thing that it, anybody learned from this documentary is that anything that Jordan ever played in wasn't just a regular game, right? I mean, that was a real, no, uh, you know, that's one thing that... And, and, that, that I'm sure if anybody needed to be introduced to Jordan and there's a whole there's a whole generation that that did they they just learned that did you learn anything from the last dance Ahmad Rashad no I didn't uh, I didn't because I think you know it's like you said when you introduced me I had a catbird seat to all of it and it was one of those uh, different sort of I've never sort of been in a situation where I had sort of free access to the locker room you know to the training room to their buses to I was just there so I got a chance to see a lot of those things I was glad that people got a chance to see the human side of Michael and you see how much how competitive he was and how demanding he was and I think what I what I take from that is if you think Larry Bird wasn't like that and if you think Magic Johnson wasn't like that then you're not really thinking the right way so it wasn't just Michael that was just a you know win at all costs put your foot on the guy's neck kind of thing all these guys were able to do that but michael what separated him was his athletic ability was way above anybody's at that point Wrapping up this third hour of the Rich Eisen Show, Susie Schuster in for Rich while he's in New York. He'll be back in the chair tomorrow unless I lock the door and don't let him back in. But that's neither here nor there. But let's go over to TJ because, TJ, you're going to educate us on some NBA greats. I hope to educate you. You know, the season kicked off last night. As we know, we had two games and we got almost a full slate today. But, Chris, this is something you and I had talked about for years. We're both kind of bored with this LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Awful. Sick just, of it. There's no way you're going to ever switch anyone's minds. If nope. you think Jordan's the GOAT, you're not going to change. If you think LeBron's the GOAT, every year he plays, your argument just gets stronger and stronger. Exactly. So what I decided to do was I decided to, even though basketball's somewhat becoming positionless now, I want to take a look at the five positions on a basketball court, Susie, and then kind of break down and give my top five all-time at each position of the greats that have played this game. So, uh, DJ Mikey D, would you hit my music? Let's Thank go. You, sir. Let's start off with the one, and that's the point guard position. Now, I know I've been reading a lot lately, and I know there's a new crop of fans who believe that Steph Curry is the greatest point guard of all time. And for as great as Steph is, I just can't simply make myself say that anyone besides Irvin Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard to ever walk the planet Earth. I've got Steph there at number two, the big old Oscar Robertson, who was before my time, all of our time, but we kind of know what he meant and what he did in this game of basketball. Isaiah Thomas is another one. I was looking at some lists earlier, Chris. A lot of people have Isaiah low on the list, but I got to go by what I saw. I saw this man give it to Michael Jordan in the in the nine, eight, late 80s and the 90s. Yep. Give it to the Lakers. Win two championships. You know, 24 points in the third quarter with a busted ankle. Yep. Isaiah Thomas was a monster and I'm not sure this man gets enough credit 
as the years go on, but he really deserves it. And then I got John Stockton there at number five because when you leave the NBA in all times assists, all time steals, you deserve a, a, a seat at this table. So those are my top five point guards of all time. Yeah, TJ, looking at that list real quick, the top two, I know when we talk about stuff like this, it's changing the game. It's changing the way it's played and it's changing uh, the arc of the position, right? Yeah. Point guard's always been thought of the little guy on the on the court, the distributor. Get mm-hmm. everyone involved, not really a score. Magic changed the game because he brought the size and the speed and the power to the yep. position. Steph changed the game, stretching it out, becoming a you can score and be the point guard. And obviously the way he changed the way we look at shooting now in the NBA. Exactly. Love that list. Also, I I sometimes say Steph may have been a detriment because now everybody that touches a rock thinks they can pull up from 30. You can't. You can't. Not everyone can do what Steph nope. does, but that's my list. Now, coming in at shooting guard, the number two position, this one, there's only one at the top, and that's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, in my opinion. But then we got the, the, the black mama, Kobe Bryant. I got him at number two. I got D. Wade at number three. And then... This one was a little interesting, Susie, because I know you're friends with Jerry West. Now, throughout his career, he played both point guard and shooting guard. So I wasn't really sure where to put him. But for my purposes, I liked him at the two. So I've got the logo Jerry West there at number four. And I've got Allen Iverson, who, in my opinion, over the last 30 years, the most influential basketball player, if not athlete, that we've seen. You know, everything AI did has you still have players today kind of following that AI blueprint with the braids and the tats and the, his swag and just everything about Allen Iverson, man. He's truly one of the greatest of all time, and that's why I have him in my top five of shooting guards all time. And his love of practice. The pra- I mean, look, <laughs> what do you need to practice for? He was already good enough. He didn't need to practice. <laughs> all right, so coming We're in. We're talking out- about practice not a game <laughs> all right so coming at the three spot that's the small forward position uh very simply i've got lebron james right now the all-time leading scorer the man who's in the argument for the best player of all time i've got him as the greatest small forward of all time again though chris he's a guy who he fluctuates through positions lebron has played the one he's played the five yep. but i think his position is the three so that's why i've got him there followed by larry legend larry bird another guy who as time goes by i feel the younger kids maybe not maybe don't understand how great larry bird was youtube is there for a reason people go there watch the highlights listen to the people his peers talk about him he could trash talk he was if the three-point shot was as prevalent then as it is now who knows how many larry bird would have hit but i've got him at two followed by kevin durant at three the good doctor julius serving at four and elgin baylor i've got him as the number five small forward of all I time. like this one a lot. I like this one a lot because you went so old school because I can think of a lot of other names that might be on that list, but mm-hmm. you you dug into the vault. That was a really good one. I appreciate that. Yeah, and obviously I, I'm biased toward Larry Bird, but to your point, just go on YouTube and listen to people tell stories yep. about Larry Bird. Yeah. Like if you watch Winning Time this year, when he showed up at Indiana State, because they were trying to get him to play, <laughs> and he showed up in jeans, in jeans and scored 40 on everyone. That really happened. Yeah. He showed up in jeans, didn't change his shoes, and dropped 40 on everybody and was like, cool, am I on the team now? You really want me? All right, I'm going to do it. Just listen to everyone yes. tell the stories about Larry Bird. And Larry Bird was huge. He was 6'9". Yep. He just... 
I mean, a phenomenal player. I hated him, of course, growing up because I was a Sixers fan. But Larry Bird was that dude. And just listening to Bob Cousy calling those games, I mean, that is the best and the worst of a Boston accent all in one. <laughs> all right, so now we're going to move to the four. That's the power forward position. This is actually, uh, you guys know I met Michael Jordan back in uh, 2012 at his golf tournament. The night before, we were in a casino. I'm standing outside of this little room by myself in the hallway, and I turned, and there's Michael Jordan standing right re- next to me what do you say to this guy whose pictures you've had up on your wall who shoes that you wear on your feet i just turned to him and went hey mike who's, who do you fix the greatest power forward of all time and that's how our <laughs> conversation started um he gave me his pick he told me kevin McHale. huh i told him mine he goes oh yeah okay i can see that my pick for the greatest power forward of all time is tim duncan i mean the, the guy just offensively defensively five championships he did it with class he wasn't flashy a lot of people didn't like him back in the time because he wasn't on sports center highlights but that's why Shaq called him big fundamentals because he did everything right if you're over six eight there's a glass that little square above the rim use that it'll help you trust me that's why tim duncan's number one then we got carl malone just a long career he was always efficient chris he was always near the yeah. 25 point 12 rebound mark for the always. for the meat of his career Two yeah the postman always delivers the right postman always the, the mailman always delivers the mailman. Not, not on Sundays. Uh, now yeah. here's where it gets interesting because i grew up charles barkley was my second favorite player of all time after dr j but as i'm doing this list i really had to sit and have a talk with myself and understand that Charles Barkley, I probably got to put him at six. I can't put him above Garnett and Nowitzki simply because those guys won championships when Charles didn't. It pained me. And I wanted him at five, but Giannis walks on the planet Earth Mm -hmm. and he plays the fourth spot. And he's only going to go up higher on this list the more successful he was. So with all due respect to Charles Barkley, like I said, this was hard. I couldn't put him in the top five. Duncan Malone, Garnett, Nowitzki, and Giannis right now are my top five power forwards. He's done it with two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, DPOY, won the ring. You can't deny what Giannis has done and brought to the game. And then we're going to move to the number five, the center position. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, but there's a guy who doesn't get enough love when you you talk about all-time goats. And I'm talking back to his high school days. I'm talking through his college days and I'm talking through his pro days. He sat in that chair. His name is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I feel he is the greatest center of all time, followed closely by Wilt Chamberlain, who's another athlete that was before his time. I don't think people really understand. The man averaged 50 points a game. That means on any given night, he's going to give you 50. Think about that. And he also led the league in assists one year. Will Chamberlain was amazing. Then you got Bill Russell with the rings, of course, 11 rings, the greatest winner of all time. We've got the Diesel, the Daddy, the Shaq. I've got him at four. And then we've got Akeem Olajuwon, who there was a stretch there where I would say he was probably the best player in the NBA around the mid-90s, especially those two years that Jordan was gone when the Rockets won the championship. So so I've got Akeem at number five. Those are my all-time top five at each position. As always, I wonder what the people think. And you guys as well. That was a great segment. Really Good solid. Job. Really job, solid. Oh, thank you. I like your power forwards a lot. I really like your centers a lot. And Karim can fly a plane. <laughs> what, what, what can't Roger Murdoch do? I got to interview <laughs> Bill Russell once. One time. One time. In Las Vegas when the All-Star game was in Vegas. And everyone said to me, like, just careful. He's really crusty. You know, he's really tough. 
He was such a gentleman and such a total delight. I have a photograph I will bring it in the oh, next time I do the show. That's Just really saying. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of a delight. TJ, I love it when you do these like really thoughtful segments. Mm-hmm. Makes you think, makes you go, hmm. I heard and also, that. if I'm going to say something cute, like, might as well get it right. The mailman always delivers. What a moron. I'm like, I said, I was like. Well, the postman always rings twice. Well, and then the mailman always. I always delivers. mix my metaphors and sayings. Like, and it's then the one thing they're rich. All right. If, if, position, if your all-time list, if uh-huh. positions one, two, three, four, five played in a tournament, who would oh, win the championship? There you go. Oh, wow. That's, That's a good do. one, man. I like might... played knockout or something? Or? No, they're, they're playing a five-on-five. Five. In their primes. Oh, in their five... primes. Wow. The five-point guards, five, one, two, three, four, five. Who wins? I got to say, you'd have to say either the twos or the th- small forwards, the threes, oh, or the fours, the power forwards maybe? I think maybe your small forwards might win this. Small forwards, so that's what? That's LeBron, Bird, LeBron. Bird, Doc. Doc. Oh, Baylor. I mean, because the centers aren't really shooting threes, centers right? Centers aren't shooting. No, um, man, that's a good question, bro. I didn't. Even Although, don't think European that. centers start to shoot threes. Yeah, but on that list, it's Bill Russell, it's Shaq, it's Wilt. I mean, nobody. Shaq shooting, was not shooting. Nobody's no, shooting threes, yeah, but they could really slow the game down and kind of just dominate the inside. Like the the power forwards are versatile. The two. I mean, but then again, I, are you ever going to like not bet money on a team that has Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant? No, but oh, how do they guard Wilt and Shaq? I, they'll find yeah. a way. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I think they're going to find a way. I don't That's know. That's a great question, yes. man. I'd love to know what people think about that. I was at a game where Shaq tried to put up a three once. <laughs> he made one in his career, right, I think? One. Was it that he game? He didn't make that one. <laughs> he didn't make it. It was like a, an Shaq. atomic bomb going off. <laughs> I mean, so bad. What a Good hot on. mess. Good nice on. job. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. One day into the association, one day in. Chris, you know what your plans are tonight. I'm going to convince Cooper to make the trade for me. <laughs> How about Coop? He did a good job. He's he a said good he was, analyst, he huh? was leaning. Leaning, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be locked in front of the TV tonight. Celtics are on at 4 Pacific at the Knicks. I'm locked in, ready to go. It's going to be a great night for basketball. And no, and no baseball, so we can kind of like kind of calm and refresh. I know we didn't talk much about it today, but Rangers, Diamondbacks, World Series. Probably not the World Series everybody thought or hoped that they would get. But it's going to be really fun. Both teams are super likable. There are stars on these teams. So if you're a baseball fan, I hope you're watching. Because, and I love uh, the fact series, that, man. Yeah, I love the fact that they're both wild card. I mean, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Rich will be back tomorrow. He can talk baseball with you. Let's do it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm out of things to say here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Thanks for having job. me, everybody. Love sitting in with you. TJ, Mike, Chris, and the whole crew here. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you.